Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Today we're going to have an awesome time. We've already had an awesome time and we're going to keep moving forward. But I just want y'all to know, if you know Jesus, you know how good God is in your life. Ain't nothing too hard for God. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's he's with you every day. You can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of him. (laughs) When you confess with your mouth, (laughs) ha ha! He said, you believe in me? Okay, I'm riding with you. But see, we have a tendency to turn our back on him. But he's still right there, just waiting on you to turn around. So I just want you all to be encouraged and be blessed on this day. As we start our service, we're going to start off with um, scripture and prayer. Again, because we need much prayer. You can't get enough prayer. So, Brother Marvin, are you doing scripture? Yeah. All right, y'all. Here you come. Here you come. Here you come. Amen. Again, we welcome y'all in spirit. You know, the flesh is uh, always there. But is the spirit there? Let it dwell in us and let it use us. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read scripture from Proverbs 18, 1 through 10. And it reads, Through desire a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermitted with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that has heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt. And with with ignominy reproach, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a following brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are wounds. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great master. Waster. Sorry. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth it and, and is safe. Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. I've been listening to a lot of the songs and a lot of prayer going on. But we do need more prayer. But we our prayers will not be... Let me just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to strengthen us through all the prayers that we ask you, Heavenly Father. Let us be strong to leave them with you, Heavenly Father, so you can do the work in us, Heavenly Father. Let us be changed by your word, Heavenly Father. The more we seek you, the better we become, Heavenly Father. Let us burn much, much, much fruit, Heavenly Father, to go out here and seek those, Heavenly Father. Let us just not be talking about it. Let us do the work, Heavenly Father, to give you all the honor and glory, Heavenly Father. Let us not be boldful in whatever boldful in whatever we do, Heavenly Father, because that is not Christian-like. 
Let us do your work and your will according to you, Heavenly Father, what you have us to do. Let us have a changed mind for love, a changed mind for knowledge, Heavenly Father, a changed mind for caring, and let us also always be willing to lend that ear for someone who needs us, Heavenly Father. Let us go out here and reach those, Heavenly Father, even those close to us. Even a stranger needs us, Heavenly Father. We need to love each and every one of your people, Heavenly Father, and even those out there that know that there is a light and they want to find it. Let us be that light so we can help them, Heavenly Father. And for all those who are going through something, Heavenly Father, let them be strengthened. Let them leave it with you, Heavenly Father, so you can fix it for them. Because we can't fix it. They can't fix it. No man can fix what we're going through, Heavenly Father. Only you and your word and your love. Amen. A word of encouragement, a little different here. I got something I want to read. I know, Pastor, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. I was reading my um, daily devotion, right? And, and it said what it, it, it told me, and I'm going to tell you what humility looks like, because sometimes we don't know what humility looks like. It says, in our world, Humility is often seen as, as a self-degrading concept. I don't know. And they say what humility looks like. But true humility never leads to insecurity because insecurity is a form of pride. Pride can do a lot to the human heart. Pride either puffs us up or tears us down. Pride is self-sufficient but also self-destructive. If you're, if we're doing great pride makes our confidence soar, but if we're going through a rough season, pride makes us sensitive to our failures. Pride links our worth to our accomplishments, and it prevents us from seeing who we truly are. What humility looks like is pride. Pride makes us think that if we try hard enough, we can be good enough. What humility looks like? Humility helps us realize that we are not enough, but God is enough for us. Humility is often a risk. It might mean laying down our social standing reputation, financial security, sense of authority, or expertise. But surrendering our self-sufficiency lets us embrace God's authority. When we surrender ourselves to God, we allow him to be glorified through us. Amen. Humility might cost us something, but it leads to abundant life. Yes. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Yes. It is so good to see everybody today. We just thank God that we can come worship him in spirit and in truth today. You know, a lot of things are going on in the world. Of course, we lift up Sister Joyce as she's trying to figure out what's going on with her son. Amen? Because there's a lot going on in this world, y'all. And we have to understand that we are not immune from the disasters of this world. Okay? I don't care who preached that. They lying to you. You can pray for as much covering as you want, and you still will succumb to the world. Because when Jesus died, he did not conquer the wrong of the world. He conquered 
the sin that has power for your life, and he paid for you and had a penalty over your life. So we thank God for that. Now, there's going to come a day that he's going to set everything right. He left out like a lamb, but he's going to come back like a lion. So we thank God for that day. Because guess what? The saints don't have anything to worry about about that day. Because we his body. And the Bible says that we're going to be taken up out of here. So we just thank God that, that the day is coming that God is going to set everything right. And until then, he has left us in this world, but we're not of the world. So speaking of that today, <clears throat> we've been going over, uh, go open your Bibles to John chapter 17. And that is Jesus' holy prayer. And there's so much to dig out of that. You just can't do it at one time. We kind of went over it at, in Bible study, but it's still just working on my heart. Because it really is the prayer of liberation. It's the prayer of liberation. It's the prayer of possession. It's the prayer of protection. And it's the prayer of purpose. And if you know who you are, and you know whom you belong to, and you know what you're supposed to be doing, and you know who got you no matter what, there's nothing that you can't do. The Bible says that we can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens us. It's not all in anything, but it's all things that have glorified God. See, the, like Karen was saying up here, it was good that she brought that up. A lot of us think that humility is one thing. It's really unsaid pride. Okay? It's called false humility. When you look down upon yourself and all this, that, and the other, you're not being humble. You're, you're, you're seeking attention for pride. Okay? You don't have to continue to be that way. All right? Just step out on faith. See, if you, if, when, you, when you have that humility, like she said, you focus on your own problems. But when you're under Christ, you ain't got no problems. Because I think somewhere in that Bible, says, it says all things happen to the good for those who love God. So if you love God, your problem is not a problem. It's just a circumstance, incident, or accident. It's a chance for you to show how much you trust and love God. And I trust him today. And I pray that you trust him. I don't want nothing in the way from any of you to see God. We need to get people out the way so people can see God. You need someone to push you towards God, walk beside you to God, but you don't need nobody in front of you. Jesus didn't die to put one of us in front of him. He died so all of us can have access to him. The veil was torn in two. So this, today, we're going to learn about liberation. Because only through liberation will you understand the power that you have in Christ. These man-made schemes and circumstances and religions that's out here that, that and, and the devil's smart. Because God gave us Ten Commandments, then the devil knew with the Jews to give them 600 and some odd laws. They had nothing to do on, but, but, but bind the people to a system that could never save them. Think about it. If they were just focused on the 10, they wouldn't need the 600. But with that, I understand how, how Satan works. Instead of just having one church, he has hundreds of thousands of churches to confuse the people, to lead them into bondage. Pharaoh said to, I mean, Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. 
See, we have to get to the point, saints of God, where we start to let people go. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, we, we become the hindrance for people because we put ourselves in the place of God. We put ourselves in the place of God. We want people light to shine. We want to see them grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So in this, in context, what we have in Luke chapter 7, I mean, John chapter 17, is the fact that Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he taught some mighty lessons, but this is the time he's praying for them. Because he's about to go. And you're going to notice some words repeated over and over again. Because he wants you to understand that you are going to be in a position to where you're going to feel lonely sometimes. You're going to feel abandoned sometimes. But you have to lean on your faith to know that the Lord said he'd never what? Leave you nor forsake you. And it has nothing to do with how you feel about it at any given moment. At the point of you feeling that he's forsaken you, you need to go to the scripture and say that he said he would never. Mm -hmm. right. See, truth does can stand on its own. You don't need to put truth. You know, truth is like a lion. If You just need to open the gate and let him out. And he's going to do what a lion does. You don't need to keep truth locked up. Just let it go. You don't need to explain truth. You just need to move forward in the truth that you know. And each one of us, as we continue to grow in Christ, we move in a tr we move in the truth, not a truth. See, the world and messed up truth. Yeah. Truth now has become subjective versus objective. Yeah. Truth is everything you want to think of and everything you think about it. But see, that's subjective because me and you could think about the same thing in two different ways, and we both could be wrong. <laughs> but Jesus is right, and His Word is right. He, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to this Father except by and through me. And we know that that gate is so narrow that many people are going to look for it and they're not going to find it. Because they're looking for it through religion. They're looking through it for what they've learned in church. They're looking for it through a man-made system that only puts tyranny on you. So many people, pastors, are, are, are considered not, not worthy of listening to because people feel the tyranny that's in, that they get put on them. I'm going to tell you again, and I'm going to make some people mad. I am not your covering because I didn't die for you. I'm a man just like you of like affections. I fall short daily. How can, I, how can sin cover sin? Tell me. See, but you caught up into that. We were talking about that yesterday. And some of us in church longer than others, but we've all been put under that, that mindset of covering. And the way it's being used is to subject you to the man or the woman that you're being covered by. How can a person cover you when Jesus is the one who bled for you? How can a person cover you when Jesus is the one who died for you? How can a person cover you when Jesus was raised for your justification? I don't need to cover you. I need you to know who can cover you. I need to set you free so that my people can go worship in the wilderness. See, Moses had the right message. Let my people go. All these little hierarchies that, that, that don't mean nothing. And then when the hierarchy lets us down, which it does, we didn't see it, we didn't read about it, what ends up happening? You blame the church. 
See how the devil did, did that? Now you blame the whole institution. It's the church. That's why I'm doing a series on church hurt. It's not the church. It's the people. It's the leader. If your friend hits you in the face, you're going to tell you hit me in the face. You're not going to blame their whole family. <laughs> but see, we're going we to work this thing about being free. So there's a lot of reading. I don't know how much I'm going to get to because it's going to be a little series we're going to do on Luke, on John. I'm going to keep saying Luke because I know he was in Luke. But John chapter 17. So, Kevin, you're going you gonna to work today, bro. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes, but we're going to see. So we're going to read from 1 to 17. All right, so you get the context. So remember, Jesus is going to the cross. He is teaching one of his last lessons to his disciples. Now he takes some time to pray for them because they're going to need prayer. All right? So just like we did today, we need prayer. But let's see how Jesus prayed. The love of our soul. Let's see what he said. Go ahead, read. John chapter 17, starting verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to the heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son of Man may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all who to, to I'm sorry, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And that is the eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I have had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to be to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in the truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for me. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me. For they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world. They are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may, have night, they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them, given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth, and your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so that, so that I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask them for these things only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I, and I in you, that they may also may be in us, 
so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Jesus. Father, I desire they also, whom you have given me, may with me where I am, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know, and they know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. Amen. That was a lot, and that's a lot to digest. And I want to concentrate today between verses six. To ten, so Kevin, read six to ten, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna focus on six to ten today. All right. John chapter seventeen, verse six. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Think about it. He said, "I've manifested your name to the people that who you gave me out of this world." Okay, go. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. Yours they were, and God, you gave them to me. Go ahead. And they have kept your word. And they have kept your word. That means protected your word. Put it in their hearts. That's when the Bible says, Thy word that I've hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against you. Read. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. Mm -hmm. For I have given them the words that you have gave me. Mm -hmm. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I have came from you. So they start to believe that he came from God. He they know in truth the truth. They know in truth the truth, which is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Read. And they have believed that you sent me. Mm -hmm. I am praying for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Amen. Amen. This is about possession. He said, these were your people. And you gave them to me. And see, I, I, I've come to understand that I think one of the ways that we're lacking confidence in the body of Christ, we truly haven't grasped what's right before us. You belong to God. Amen. You are his possession. You belong to him. And you think about it in the natural world. What we possess, we care for. We protect, we cherish. So God is saying you are that to him. He wants to protect you, he cares for you, and he cherishes you. But sometimes you have to be still convinced that you belong to God. You have to be convinced in your own mind because a lot is going on in this world to try to get you not to not believe that you belong to God because they want you to look at the problems of the world or the circumstances, incidents, and accidents of the world and miss out on the fact that you still belong to God. I know it's tough. I know we have issues. But the fact is, you belong to God. So that's all we're going to talk about today is possession. And anytime that, that, I, that you possess something, again, you protect it. In this prayer, he asked them, he said, keep them. 
Keep them like I kept them when I was here because he's about to go to a cross and they're going, they're going to have some challenges that the evil one is going to try to distract them from what God has called them to do. That's how they end up going fishing. Because they got distracted, they got disappointed, they got dismayed, and it wasn't working out the way they think. See, God allows you an opportunity to test your faith by putting an obstacle in your way that's going to test whether you're going to trust what he done told you. Jesus, we got to get this. So when that thing comes, you just look at it and laugh at it and say, oh, you just want to test my faith. Let me go ahead and show you how to do this. So I want to set you free and strengthen you today because, again, I want to set you free to the point that sometimes you can't get around the saints of God. God has sent this problem directly at you. You can't call the pastor. God wants you to focus on him. He wanted you to focus on the truth that he gives you. So our relationship is so personal with God that when he brings the problem, the problem is personal too. Now the saints can pray for it, but it's your issue. You got to work that out with God. We're praying that the light shines in the dark, and the dark doesn't comprehend it. Don't you know everybody in this room is a light? You're illuminated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you may be placed in dark places. And the light shines brighter in the darkness. Because think about it. We all shining in light in here. No darkness is in here. But if you turn off the light, you, the light will shine. Okay? So the darkness tries to take you away from God. The light's supposed to push you to God. In this prayer, he talks about, you are my possession. I in you, you in me, and they in us. The unity with God comes from you believing in Christ. But you have to decide today that you're going to believe in him more today and for the rest of your life than you did yesterday. So we have to have scripture to strengthen your belief. John 6.37 tells us, we go to Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 and 14 and hold that. John 6.37 tells us that all that he has given me, he back to this given me, I shall know why it's cast out. So you never have to worry about God throwing you away. He said, all that the Father has given me, all of it, I will cast out. Did he put a condition upon that? No, he didn't. He didn't say, if you're a bad boy, a little bad girl, that he's going to cast you away. He, he, he died for your sins. So don't let nobody tell you that he's going to throw you away. You start thinking about, you start feeling it. Well, well, somebody told me that if I don't do this and I don't do that. If I don't be good, then he's going to cast me away. No, the Bible says that he chastises those he loves. So you're not going to get thrown away. You might get a whooping, but you're not going to get thrown away. You got to start believing this. You got to start seeing God in a way that says, God, I know you love me. And, you know, I fell short today. But, you know, all I can do is repent because I understand your goodness. That's Romans 2 and 4. Don't you know the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? There is a relationship that's been strained, but you're always his son and his daughter. Just like your natural kids. No matter what they do, they still yours. <laughs> They could denounce you, but you never could denounce them. You may set them aside, but you set them aside hoping that they want to come back. Right? You don't never just cast them out. 
But see, when that happens in the world, when people cast you out, you got a father in heaven that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will not get rid of you because you've been given to me by the father. What Jesus is saying is the price that I paid is such a grand thing that I've done for you that my father says, if I give them to you, can't nobody take me out of your hand. The Bible says that 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 all that the father gives me, I will never cast out. And he says that there's nothing that can take you out of my hand because my father is greater than all. You are his possession. He's going to protect you. Read Philippians 3.12. Let's see what it says. Not that I have already obtained this. Not that I have already obtained this. Not that I got it yet. See, not that I understand everything. Or am already perfect. All that I'm already done yet. You see, you, you see, Paul is, so y'all need to come to this. Isn't that refreshing and free? You, if Paul is saying, not that I got it all, not that I know it all, not that I'm perfect yet, I'm not complete yet, but what do I do? I press on to make it my own. You press on to make it your own. So whatever you lack in God, you keep pressing towards God. Amen. You keep going towards him. You don't, you don't slack up. You say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not going to fall for the trick of the enemy and get discouraged. I'm going to keep on pressing. Amen. I'm going to keep on pressing because I'm going to make it my own. Yeah. See, nothing's in the way to stop you from making your own but you and air. Like you say, when you're going to fight. Ain't nothing between me and you but air. <laughs> oh, that's all that's between you and God is your air. And the air that's between you and your God is the air between your ears to tell you something different than this. That brain matter that gets you to think that you can't come to God. That you need an intermediate mediator. No. In this Bible says there is one mediator. There is one mediator between God and man and it is the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I didn't think it said pastor there. Did you, did you no, hear that word? Said, no. Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. The eminence of Christ supersedes men because he was the ultimate man that could pay the sin that you couldn't pay. He could pay the debt that you could not pay on your sin. He was the final atonement for all sins, past, present, and future. And sometimes we get so caught up in, and because, again, we told, oh, you do this, you do that. And that's why people don't come to Christ because what we project is you got, and I've heard up in here, they need to get right. They need to get right. They need to get right before they come to Christ. How can you get right enough to come before God? That reminds me of a story. I told it yesterday. This was a pastor. A man came to a the young man came to a pastor, sagging, bagging, and smoking, and he drank, fornicate. He do all the stuff that we read in the Bible you shouldn't do. And he and he came to the pastor and he said, Pastor. I heard that I need to stop smoking, stop drinking, stop smoking marijuana, stop fornicating, stop stealing, stop lying so I can come to church and come to God. The pastor said, no. The man scratched his head. He said, the man said, okay, pastor, now hold on. Maybe you didn't hear me. I smoke, drink, fornicate, and do all the things that I'm not supposed to do. I read it in the Bible. And I know that I got to get myself together before I come. He said, no, son. So as the young boy scratched his head, he's wondering. He's saying, can I ask you something, Pastor? He said, sure. He said, what do you mean? 
And pastor said, well, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? He said, sure. He said, before you take a shower, do you wash up first? <laughs> and the boy looked and said, no, because I get clean in the shower. He said, you come to Christ and Christ will clean you. So y'all got these kids that's doing stuff. Just get them to God and let God clean them. Because there's no other cleaner better than God. He said, I'll make your sins as white as snow. He said, I'll toss them from as far as from the east into the west. Why? Because at the point of them accepting Christ, they become God's responsibility. And as a church, our job is to encourage them and let them be secure in being that they have got God. That they'll never lose. God would never throw them away as we just read. That no matter, because you don't know everything that we just read, keep reading, Kevin. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. See, because Christ Jesus, I don't know everything. I don't know all the Bible, but I know one thing. I know one thing. I'm going to make it my own. And I'm going to, and, 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 and you know why I'm going to make it my own? Because he made me his own. That's possession. And because I understand my possession, then I can press on yes. towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. See, you think the mark of the high calling is some assignment. No, your mark of the high calling is you being conformed into the image of Christ. So as you become conformed to the image of Christ, you respond to the things of this world like, like you're not of this world, but you're in this world. See, the word world was used a lot of times, and a lot of times we, we just think it's just one world. No, they're the world system. You may be born into this world, but God says before the foundation of earth, you are destined not to be in this world system. Hallelujah. Amen. He tells you this. I can't make you believe this. That's why I want to set you free. Because you have all this in Christ Jesus. He said, because you belong to me. Or more simply, because you belong to me, I done did this for you. God keeps doing for you because you belong to him. He even said in this in this in the prayer, I'm not praying for everybody. See, that's that universalism, like we all children of God. No, that is not true. He said only those who believe that he praying for. Well, you say, well, pastor, oh, no, no, we're all made in his image, but we're not made in his likeness. We lost the likeness in the Garden of, in the Garden of Eden. When they were clothed with the Shekinah glory and didn't know they were naked, that was, a, that was the likeness of God. They could communicate with God. There was no barrier between them and God. But the minute they sinned, the, the glory left them, and then they thought they were naked. And yeah, they were naked because the communication, the fellowship had been broken. And what does humans do when fellowship is broken? They try to cover up. Come on. They try to cover up. And what did they try to cover with first? Something that was made by man. I mean, made, uh, something that was made. A plant. Well, you can't cover up. You can't cover up your sins with a plant. So stop burning sage. You need the blood. That's what the Bible say. He, he say God killed some animals and covered them with skin. The animal was the sacrifice for them. It was the foreshadow, the blood that's needed to cover them. But it was a band aid, not a cure. Mm. 
Come on. Jesus was the cure. The Bible said these things were just a shadow of the reality of who Jesus was. We look at the shadow when we read scriptures, but then when Jesus come here, we're looking at the substance. The real deal. Okay? So he said he never leave us nor forsake us. He said that no matter what we do, he'll never, ever, ever cast us out. I want you to go to Kevin to uh, 1 Peter. I want you to go to 1 Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9. And just hold that right quick. So not only are we his possessions, we are, I'm going to give you the quality of kind of people we are. Go ahead. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Read it. But you are a chosen race. You are a what race? Chosen race. Left behind race. See, a lot of times you figure that you've been left behind. But the Bible says you are a chosen race. Then it says what else? A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Then it goes on to say you a holy nation, right? Amen, holy nation. And then it says what else? A people for your own possession. A people for his own, his own possession. possession. See, that word possession. You are a people that's uniquely made for God. And he's going to tell you what you do. Keep reading. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. So that you may proclaim the excellency. So now we got possession, we got protection, and now we got purpose. Purpose is that you can proclaim. Not the pastor, you can proclaim. Not the evangelist, you can proclaim. The excellency of Jesus. What is the excellency of Jesus? The gospel of grace. The gospel of grace is the excellency in which we proclaim to people because we belong to him. We press on because we belong to him. Because of his love, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. These are the things that we need to put in our mind all the time at the forefoot as we walk through this world because he said, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. That'd be too easy. But you leave them in the world so they can proclaim my excellency. The Bible tells us that we are ambassadors of Christ. And therefore we are. And I tell you this all the time. If you are an ambassador, you only got one chief, commander in chief. That's the Lord. You represent him on earth. So as we go through our days, as we go through our situations, as we go through dealing with people, we work from the fact that we're in this world and not of this world. We work from the peculiarity of the fact that we belong to God. You are a chosen race. So start acting like it. Not in arrogance, but in humility. Because you didn't have nothing possessed that God would choose you. There's no good in you. It's all in Christ Jesus. That's why he chose you. He didn't choose you because you was outside of him. He chose you because you his son and you accepted him. There's no good in me other than what's in Christ Jesus. There's no good in you. You may have relative goodness compared to the next person sitting next to you, but that doesn't raise you to holiness. Amen. You have to understand that. You have to believe that. You have to walk in that every day, that understanding that God is going to, to convert you, uh, make you into his image, and you think about a mold. 
You pour something to the mold, the mold is, the, the, the liquid or whatever is converted into what the shape of the mold. You are being shaped by God for God to do God's will. His hand is on you. He said the work that he's doing in you, he said he's going to complete it. So don't worry about where you're at now. Just understand you got more to go. But you need to claim the fact like Paul did. I don't understand everything, but you know what? I'm going to make it my own. Hallelujah. Why? Not because of me, but because he has made me his own. That's a, such a powerful statement because it doesn't make a, it's not qualified by my actions. It's qualified by what he did at Calvary. The ultimate sacrifice puts you in position, if you believe it, to walk with God. And as the church, we need to look at people as souls instead of looking like society look at them. We need to approach them because you know what God said? I'm going to put people in front of you that you need to deal with that don't look like you. I'm going to put people in front of you that don't think like you. I'm going to put people in front of you that normally you would run away from. But you know what I'm going to put them in front of you doing? To test whether you trust me. Amen. Yes. I'm allow your son and your daughter to be on drugs. They decision now, but it's testing your faith. Yeah. I'm allow some of you to be in bad marriages. The one who was saved is testing your faith. The Bible says, especially with a wife, it says when you, when you are married to an unbeliever, that you can win them over by the way you sanctify him through your love and your love of God. And the same thing works the opposite way. There's a sanctification that's going on. And in that prayer it says, sanctify them in your word. Because your word is truth. Sanctify means you set apart. Only somebody that's greater than you can sanctify you. I can't sanctify you. Because we're on the same level. But there's a God who had a son who died for us who can who's sitting at the right hand side of God having all power. I want to be sanctified by a greater, not an equal. These are the things that I think about. It's like, thank you, Jesus, because guess what? It doesn't make a difference what anybody else thinks, but I know that you are sanctifying me. And I know he's sanctifying you. But you have to believe that. And guess what? The believing part is really not as required because even if you don't believe it, it's being done. You know what the believing does? Strengthen you. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your walk. Give you the ability to handle problems that come into your life and other people's life. It helps make you a counselor like your wonderful counselor. See, we, 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 we got to get back to basics. We got to set people free. Because if I set you free and let you, let you get this from an understanding that you have these things in Christ Jesus, then you won't be so, church becomes not a burden. It becomes a, a thankful because what you're getting taught will set you free to work in this world. You can move through this world. Nothing in this world can bother you. Nothing in this world can hurt you. Even if it takes your life, you know absent from the body, present with the Lord. You know these things. And my position is to serve you to convince you that you have this power. It talks about the power that is in each and every one of us. It tells us not to be ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God 
What? Unto salvation. Unto salvation. In Ephesians, it tells us, uh, Ephesians, go to Ephesians uh, 4 and 20. Ephesians 4 and 20. Mm -hmm. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Mm -hmm. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is, is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. Amen. That ain't the way you learned it. When you first came to Christ, you came under grace. Mm -hmm. You get into some churches, then you're taught law. Mm -hmm. Law can never save. Law would never encourage. You will not be holy enough to satisfy the, the requirement of the law. It's actually a terror to you because nothing you do satisfies it. But Jesus satisfied it for you because he loved his father. He, his father loved him and him and his father, his father and him and we in him. You are protected in him. You are sealed. For the day, it tells you, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because you know why? And how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By not believing the truth. It's not your actions. Your actions are a fruit of you not believing your truth. By the time it gets to you doing something that you're not supposed to do, that's the low-hanging fruit. People can pick that off. But I want to get to the root of the problem. You're grieving the Holy Spirit because you don't trust in what I just said about the Word of God. And he says... Don't grieve the Holy Spirit because don't you know that you've been sealed for the day of redemption? You've been sealed, which means in the possession that you are in Christ Jesus, he protects you and seals you. There's nothing that can take you out of his hands. We just read that. You've been sealed for the day of redemption, so you can't lose. But if you get on a teaching that terrifies you, that, oh, you're going you to lose your salvation. You can, how am I going to get it back? <laughs> get baptized for the 17th time <laughs> confess my sin for the 100th time what I'm trying to tell you saints this is not performance it's about belief it, and the bible says that those who actually truly believe will endure to the end so it's not about losing it's about do you really believe People confuse this once saved, always saved. We're not telling you that you're going to do anything you want to do. Your want to going to change because you really changed, came to Christ. We, I just told you the story. The Holy Spirit going to clean them up. So the Holy Spirit is going to take, take away the desires that are not him. But church folk get in the way because that saint falls, then we want to pick at the fruit. Well, I saw you doing such and such. I heard you doing such and such. You done did such and such. And we done, you know, that ain't godly. Okay, the fact that they, if they came to you and started talking about this, they already know that. You don't need to rub it in. What you need to do is show them the word of God and say, even though he still loves you. Now, there may be natural consequences to your bad decision that God is not going to remove from you. But as far as you being cast out, he said in no wise, those who you gave me, I will never cast out. So what are we doing, church? We're trying to get people into the body of Christ. Then when they get in, just like a fishing rod, we cast them back out. Because we become judgmental and condemning them. 
We judge the sin. We don't. We judge the sin. The sin is not of God. But also we understand the Bible says that there's no more condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. So that person is still growing. Give them room to grow. Encourage them that God is working on them. Don't put up a barrier as if they got to come to you to get to God. They go to God themselves. So you pray with them. You pray for them. But you don't pray above them. Yeah, you, you, you want them to get there. Or really, do you? <laughs> I, 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 I ask the question, do you really want them to get there? Or do you want to develop your own following? I mean, I mean, that's real talk, saints. Sometimes I see, what I see is, what I've observed is, is, is megalomania, narcissists. It's all about them. It's not about you. They're doing exactly what Jesus told them not to do. It said that the Gentile leaders lord over the people. And Jesus said that would not be amongst you. He said if you want to be great, you got to be willing to be the youngest. And not only are you got to be willing to be the youngest, you got to be willing to serve them and serve all from the bottom up. You have to be willing to take off your uh, uh, Armani suit, your red bottom shoes, and serve somebody. You don't, you don't serve them by painting some euphoric picture of where they could be if they got like you. So many of you, and I've heard it, look at people and say, oh, boy, they anointed. Oh, they look, they look like a preacher. They talk like, a, like they know some word. Stop that, saints. Every saint of God is anointed by the blood of God. There's no big anointing, small anointing. It's just the anointing of God. The gift is not anointing. Because the anointing, he, you can't be taken away, but the gift can be taken away. Because it's given from God. He gives it about repentance, but if you misuse your gift, he will minimize the effect of that gift. But your anointing, that blood, that Holy Spirit that dwells within you, you might see somebody who's moving in the flesh and it look like anointing. Because you're looking at it with your eyes and not your spirit. And when you start telling them that, you set them up to become egotistical. You do it to them and then they let you do it to them. Well, you need to just sit back, close your eyes, and listen to what's being said versus looking at what's being said. All that pomp and circumstance, and we've seen it happen in the church, in the Catholic church, all those ceremonies, all those robes, and what were they doing? Abusing children. They look good. They spoke Latin. But see, see, that's what I'm saying. And the church followed that pattern. Because what happens is, instead of us trusting God and understanding we are equal in God, he said there's no male, no Jew. He said, he said there's no Greek. He said there's no female. In Christ Jesus, in this body of Christ, we are all one. We are not superior to one another. 
even though we may be in different parts of the body and have different fragrances, but we all work together. Amen. Can you imagine what it would be if you didn't have any feet? Them feet that got corns on them? Them feet that hurt sometimes? Can you imagine not having them? You glad to have them with Dr. Scholes and all. See, what I'm trying to point out to you is because you belong to him, you are complete. You are made for him. You are made for the body to do good works to other people to show that we belong to Christ. But we got to do this inside the body before we go outside the body. We got to show the love on the inside the body. He said, show them that, 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 that how much that you love me and I love them. It started with the Father, went to the Son, and now it's being demonstrated through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's separation anxiety for those disciples. But a greater is going to come. And if you think about it, who walked with them longer? Jesus or the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Jesus only walked with them for three years. He said, I'm going to send back the helper. That's going to guide you into all truth and never testify itself by himself. But he will always testify about the things I've taught you. We got to set people free, y'all. We got to bring them out of the bondage of church and religiosity into the marvelous light of dealing with Christ. We have to bring them into the fold of wanting to be in the body of Christ. It has to look appealing to them because what we tell them is their sins can and will be forgiven if they come. The Bible says in John that they don't they are already condemned, so you ain't got to condemn them. Why? Because they don't believe. So our mission is believe. Our mission is to plant the seed. Our mission is to give a kind word. Our mission is to have the fruit of the Spirit on display. The first three, love, joy, and peace. But religion gives you chaos. Because what religion does is say, you didn't do it this way right. You didn't do it that way right. And then what ends up happening is when it's your turn, you're looking at somebody talking about, well, I want to sound like them. I want to be like them. God has uniquely placed you in the body of Christ and uniquely placed you again in this local body to bear fruit for him. But you got to believe you his possession. You got to believe you you're, you're secured. You got to believe you're sealed for the day of redemption. I can't make you believe that, but I can show you in the word of God that these things are true. And if somebody tell you different, they're a liar. Please be confident in your own salvation. Please. Please, because it's important. Because if you're not confident, how are you going to convince somebody else? If you shake in your faith, how are you going to convince somebody else? And all you need is the faith of a mustard seed, but know it's a mustard seed and, and walk on that mustard seed. You can have great faith. It's available for you. But lean on what you know right now. And God will develop it because you're his possession. You've been given to him. He said in that scripture, it said, they were yours and now they're mine. You have given them to me. And all that you've given to me, I've told them the truth. And because I've told them the truth, they believe that you sent me. And because they believe that you sent me, they understand that you love me. And I love you. And you love them. And I in you. And you in me. And they in us. 
You are sealed. You are protected. You're his possession. And you belong to God. Amen. And God loves you. Amen. And there's nothing that can take you from him. Because he said, no one can pluck them out of my hand. Because my father is stronger than them all. So come on, world. We can handle it. Because we don't walk according to the prince of the power of the air no more. Amen. We walk to the glory of God. We walk in grace. We walk in mercy. We walk in love, joy, and peace. We walk in long-suffering. Come on, whatever you want to bring, world, bring it on. Because I belong to God who created everything. I was known before God, and you was known before God, before the foundation of earth. So bring it on, world. I can handle it because guess what? The more you bring on, the more my faith can be tested. The more my faith can be tested, the more my faith can be trusted. So I can walk in the power of God, in the power and knowing him in the resurrection, and then go out into this world and say, world, just bring it on. Because I belong to him. Yeah. You can't do nothing to me. You can try. But even if I fail, guess what? I got brothers and sisters going to come beside me. When I fall short, Galatians 6 and 1, it tells us that we're going to restore you. When the fruit of sin is low in your life, come on to the church and make a confession. If he's faithful to forgive you, we better be faithful to forgive you. You ain't got to go to no 30-day course. <laughs> it said, let the mature ones do this, because this is the right thing to do. Restore them with the spirit of meekness. Restore them. Under you know what that is? Restore them, not compromising their sin, but understanding that you was once there too. Amen. That you was a, God helped you be an overcomer. He helped you be overcomer because you came over. <laughs> you started to climb in the mountain and you slid back. That's all right. The saints going to throw you a rope if you need it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to but again, I'm back to assist Minister Daphne. I'm observing church. Do we really want to bring people along? Do we just lead them out there? Do we just want to lower it over them? When I say I trust the Holy Spirit in each and every one of you, that's not a cliche. I believe that. I believe the same God that, that, that amazed me what he did for me and doing in me, he can do the same thing and more in you. He can do more. I want to encourage you. He can do wherever you at right now. I don't care wherever you at right now. In Christ Jesus, realize he's sanctifying you so you can do more to glorify him. You're not doing more to get saved. He's already did that work. But you being sanctified so you can do more because of him for the body of Christ and for others. You can't do nothing for God. But you can do stuff for because of God. See, that word, that word for because is kind of tricky. Because if you're doing something for, that kind of assumes that he needs you to do something. <laughs> but if I do something because of God, that means I understand how much he loves me. And I'm going to go out here and do everything I can for the people and for God's people. I do stuff for God because he loved me. Yes. The sanctifying love that sets us apart. The sanctifying love that takes the taste out of our mouth. That sanctifying love that we can look back and say, I've changed. I've changed. I can look back at my life and say, wow, I've changed. People come up and talk to you that's in the park and say, hey, 
uh, uh, son, you done changed. <laughs> hey, brother Marvin, you done, Kay, you done changed. I, I, you look like Kay, but you sound like Jesus. You look like Minister Daphne, you like Daph, whatever he used to call you. But you look like Jesus. In, man. You look like in, but you sounded like Jesus. Yeah, I'm sounding like my Lord. I'm sounding like my master teacher. I'm sounding like the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. I'm sounding like the Holy Spirit that guides me to all truth. I'm sounding like when I'm being conformed into is his image and his likeness. But we got to set people free so they can do this. Jesus. 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 Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the change. Hmm. Holy Ghost, yes. Jesus, yes. Thank you, Joel. Lord, we, 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 everybody in this room, we've changed. Lord, you loved us enough to die for us so we could change. Old things have passed away. All things become new. We look at life in a different manner now, Lord. We don't look at life like we used to. We understand how precious we are and peculiar we are and that we're a holy nation, oh, Father God, that we are a royal priesthood representing you on this earth, Lord, but we couldn't do this unless, we, unless you changed us. Lord, so I pray that these people, that I hear your word, that have heard your word today, Understand that they've been changed. No matter how they feel it in this moment, no matter what they're going through, that God is using that time of testing to change them, to drive them, to drive them to their face, to drive them into prayer, to drive them to you, to put you at the foot of the cross, to ask for forgiveness. And Lord, you promised that if we get to the cross, we you are faithful to forgive us. So Lord, I thank you for the change. I thank you for all the churches around the world that call upon the name of Jesus Christ. That truly love you and doing the work in every country. I thank you for our own Pastor Timothy. He doesn't have none of the luxuries we have, but he's still preaching. He don't have none of the, the gifts that we have, but he's still preaching. People come from miles around. They don't even have shoes, but they come to see God. We thank you, Lord, that we can support him. Lord, we pray. We just thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen? Amen. 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 All right, I pray that everyone understands a little bit more. I pray that everyone has got a little bit of word in them today. Um, thank God for Brother Kevin, amen. He did a good job today. Amen. amen. And again, people around the world, we always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and in peace. And remember what? Walk in truth. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard, Suite 711. St. Louis, Missouri, 63074.
All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure.